Welcome to episode 39 of Developer Melange, the podcast about developing software in the 21st century, directly from Vienna, Austria. Developer Melange brings you regular discussions about everything software development. You can find us online on developermelange.com and you can follow us on Twitter via at devmelange, that's dev, M-E-L-A-N-G-E. We are very keen on learning what you think about this show or the podcast itself. So please reach out for us on Twitter or leave your comments on our website. We appreciate all of your feedback. And now, here are your hosts. I'm Peter Kofler, the Code Cop. Obviously, I'm fanatic about clean code. My name is Christian Haas. I am a developer who embraces extreme programming. And our guest for today is Paul Rohatska. Hi, Paul. Hi. Hello. So Paul used to be a host on this show, maybe you can remember. But with the yeah. beginning of the year, he took a break uh, from a lot of things and I would say took a kind of extreme turn in his professional career. Now we are almost a year later and we are really happy to have you as a guest back, Paul. So hi, Paul, again. And, Thank you for having me. And let's discuss how that turn worked out. So maybe to get started for our listeners who, who don't know you, what, what did you change and, and what's this turn about? And, Okay, so maybe let's give some background. So I'm a professional software developer for more than 20 years now. And for the last 14 years, I've been working at one single company. And I really loved working there. It was a Vienna-based company, a consultancy with around, um, when I started, 35 to then up to 90 people, I think. And I really loved working there for the most of the time I, I worked at the same client. So where I knew everybody, I knew the project, I knew all the technologies pretty well uh, with the time. And so it was a well-known, a comfortable way of being there. But uh, thinking about it and hearing about what others are doing, what technologies are going and coming and what people are talking about, I was really curious, would I be able to work in another area? So would it be okay for me to step out of my bubble, to step out of my business, of my companies, of my teams, of the people I know, of the platforms, of the technology, and change something or all of that and, and be able to produce value in other circumstances? And that was the question that I was um, turning around a lot of months, I would say, back then. And I thought, okay, at least I can say I know something and I did something, I achieved something. But is it maybe just in this very tiny area of our profession where I can do something in this very tiny uh, segment of industries that one could have as a customer? And I felt a little bit unsure if I should stay like this. So I'm approaching my 50s in a uh, few years. And I thought, should I stay there until I stop working professionally? Or should I try something new? And although it would, be, would have been very, very good and not a, a bad uh, thing to work there until retirement to say, even if it's a, a lot of years uh, till there, 
I, I really took my heart and said, okay, now I want to know, should I try? And I tried and applied for several jobs and I had some offerings and I decided to go to a new company, a startup, a company that it was a few months old back then. Uh, I hired there as company number nine. So there are still are four founders and five uh, additional um, employees. So I was the employee number nine. And yeah, there I had to learn and I'm still learning a lot of new things. So um, with the new job, I not only changed the company, but I changed basically everything. So I used to be working in the .NET area, of course, on a Windows PC. I'm now working on a, on a Mac, I'm working on Linux. So I changed the device, I changed the operating system, I changed the language, I changed the platform. Of course, the team, the customer, the product, uh, the industry, the customers in the way of collaboration was changed. Uh, a lot of new people and yeah, so at the end it turned out that not too much stayed the same. On the one side, um, almost everything changed. On the other side, of course, the typical patterns still are there. So the typical ways uh, of pro the typical um, collaboration and communication problems, the typical things that you see in code. So it's a mixture of being all new and being well known, I would mm -hmm. say. Let's not go to um, to what is uh, the, the the same. Let's uh, because you were listing a huge number of things now that that are different, and I'm not sure I would have the like the guts to do that. So did you like did you feel afraid or something? Because it's like it's not just a new language. I can I can uh, envision working in a new language in the same kind of I'm working. No big deal. I can envision working the same kind I was working like in Java at a new client, no big deal. But all these changes, you even change like your machine, as you said, uh, like just because for the fun of it, I don't know. Does it, did you have any fears or like thoughts or when, when you did that, like it's, it's extreme. Interestingly, as you said, all of these change by changes by themselves are pretty pretty narrow and you can deal with it. Mm -hmm. But if you have to change everything at once, it really turns out to be a, a big, a, a bunch of things that you learned that you have to think about. So for example, just because you mentioned uh, the new operating system and the new uh, device, I am really a shortcut guy. So I'm really, I was pretty fond of many of the shortcuts in Windows and many of the shortcuts in Visual Studio and many of the shortcuts from ReSharper. And, and suddenly you, you go to this new machine and almost nothing of it works anymore. So even starting with where's the, where's the at on a Mac <laughs> and how do you... It's, so it's Shift 2, right? But it's... Uh, I Ah, damn. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and every time you type, you your fingers want to type an at 
on a typical Windows layout, you're basically killing the current application because you're hitting Command Q, and that's the default for <laughs> for closing the current application. So of course that's not happening too often, but yeah, it happened. <laughs> yes, and and also so basic things how to work with files. Of course you can do it and just a finder, but it works. Um, it works significantly different so that it is a hurdle to do it. Of course, you learn it, but I'm, for example, still not loving it and um, I'm love. I'm still not loving it. <laughs> and because I, I just don't get the, the hang of it, right? So, yeah. I just don't get the hang of it. Exactly. Yes. So, but, so but I still don't get it. So that's extreme, right? So why did you go for extreme? Uh, we know that we are like a bit outside of the comfort zone is good. So like I'm I'm just getting afraid by your explanations already. So why did why did you choose to go extreme? Because otherwise it wouldn't be maybe wouldn't be interesting enough. Okay. As you said, maybe like I all didn't these features we can deal with them individually. That's no big deal. Right? But all together, of course, we can't. It's it's something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it probably and to, forces to... someone into a completely different view angle, I guess. If you can't rely on anything, then you have to look at everything critically. And perhaps then you have some new re uh, realization. Did that occur to you, Paul? I, yeah, I would say Paul said that, right? Because the people are the same. The only thing that didn't change were behavior of people, and you said it. And so you would have to work also differently with different uh, kind of people, maybe uh, American people or like not European. But yeah. that wasn't an option. So you said they're still the same, right? So the okay. explain more. <laughs> You're right. Damn, I missed that point. <laughs> still Europeans. No, it's absolutely okay. Um, what was your question? Then uh, when you lose everything, what are you looking for, I guess, Christian? That's what you said, right? When you change all of these things and you can't rely on some of the things you are you are accustomed to, then you have to well, pretty much learn everything anew and at the same time also look at everything critically. As you can't rely, you have to be very deliberate in, in all the steps you take. And by that you are more focused. Mm. If if you if you change your programming language, for instance, you can wing a few things, like I said, Peter. Yeah, I yeah. can I can write uh, C like I write Java, no big deal. Right. So, so if a lot changes, that removes you the, the options of relying on something or or, or mm. bypassing something. And since you don't have these options, then you most likely, or I would assume now, that you look at all the things more critically, and then. As, a, as an outsider, essentially, with the expectancy that you have some sort of an, of an experience, the senior? Hmm. Maybe my personality is here in the way that I didn't feel like that. So because what I, what I rather felt was that I felt pretty dumb and I'm still, still feeling pretty dumb from time to time because I I, I lost so so much of my confidence in in my in the things that I knew and in the things that I just could practically do 
so so really very so the basic things that working with files and being very effective on the operating system level is part of my job of course and i am i'm now even six months into it i'm pretty sure i'm not as productive on simple things as copying files and stuff and and going around something i was pretty i'm pretty sure i was better at it at windows and maybe still am maybe i've, I've also unlearned something from there and so i yeah I often have to feel or had the feeling that i i should know something that it's not good that i don't get it that i didn't didn't have to do something that everybody is doing here, but I hadn't to do it from uh, in my in my previous careers. So, for example, a very simple thing that is maybe a, more or less a, a daily thing to do for me now is using SSH sessions. So, and if you are used on working on Linux and stuff, okay, it's it's absolutely the daily thing that you do are doing. But for me, as being on a Windows-only guy up to then, it was really new to me. And I didn't, of course, this is not rocket science, but I didn't do it. And I didn't know where to put my keys to be able to log on via SSH to the server and stuff. And so these are things that can make you feel pretty dumb if you're thinking, OK, everybody knows this. Every junior doing Java on Linux knows this because he has to do it from day one. On, but I didn't do it. And so for me, it's it's really a hard take to to step back and see or or allow me to see the things that I'm really critical about. So for example, the code is, is a huge project, I think about 1.5 million lines of code of Java. And although it's a, a pretty in, in a pretty good shape, of course, there are things that I I really feel almost angry about it if I see them. But when I see see them or when I saw them first, I really thought, okay, why is it like this? Why do does everybody think it's cool to write code like this if I just think, what, it's crazy. What what am I reading here? The, the line wrapping is just reading like it was a prose. It was a poem and not no logical things to see on the outline of this code, for example. And why does everybody think it's OK? It's not OK. And it took yeah a, a time for me just to stand there and say, look people i don't want to have the code look like this i really don't like this code let's let's change it here's my proposal how to do the coding at this point and it, it took time for me to go to to get to this point where i was able to say things like this and to really go back to a little bit of my original confidence in the things that i already learned in this last 20 years i think from this description that we need to do a separation at one point, perhaps. So that we are, we as developers are not necessarily the things that we do. So you say you lost some of your confidence, you lost some, some familiarity, I would say. And because it's not familiar, it's, it, it somehow equates to, okay, I don't know stuff. It is correct that, uh, that 
if we are completely un uprooted from something, that we do not know the, the new environment, yet we still have our own, I would say, experience. We might not, we might, we might be lacking the, the translation to bring it into the new environment, yet it's still there. Perhaps slightly different. In, in several of the projects that I did so far, I didn't mind going away from them. Because when I'm going, I'm taking all the experiences with me. I, I'm, I'm not taking the code with me because the code was, was written for a customer, for the company, whatever. Uh, yet whatever led to creating that code, it's, it's based on the experience that I'm taking with me. So in that case, I don't feel sorry for, for leaving that code behind. Is this That's a good question. Uh, or sorry for interrupting you, Christian, especially because you're really talking on the show anyway. But Paul, do you feel sorry for your step? No, absolutely not. So from the bottom of my heart, I can really say this. I'm absolutely not sorry for the step. But still you are struggling. So I, and you are like... Yeah, I, I, it was, was absolutely clear for me that I would be struggling. Why should I not? So I'm by no means genius and I really have to struggle with sometimes little things, I guess. And I knew it would be coming, but of course it has some yeah, emotional impact from time to time, but it's okay. And I knew it would be coming and it's fine. And on the other hand, of course, I don't want to uh, have it sound too, too depressing. Maybe uh, on the other hand, I of course have have very good, um, very good um, input about the things that I have learned and uh, about the about the things that I could take away from making the step. And I already see things improving. My understanding of all the things that we talked about: platform, technology, language, whatever. And so, <clears throat> it is uh, it is a two two sided uh, thing and. There are the things that maybe are emotionally a little bit uh, tough from time to time, and there are the other things that are really, are really good. Where I see that I learned something that I probably wouldn't have uh, had the opportunity to learn uh, if I would have stayed in in my old uh, job. It depends on uh, how you measure. So if you do the direct comparison, uh, uh, you as a .NET developer, say a year ago, compared to you as a Java developer right now you might not be at the same level of expertise or speed or whatever measure you want to take right now as you compared to where you were then. Yet a different measure that I, I see and also myself as I also changed jobs now after several years at the same company, there's a lot in the few months that was learned. And so the, the absolute amount of knowledge and skills has drastically increased compared to would you have stayed at the same job. Is this correct, Paul? Absolutely, yes. And what was that was part of the exercise, of course. Mm. I guess it needs a few more months or even years to really look back at it and maybe assess the, the amount of knowledge that I could build up in this time. So do you already feel a certain tingle that where you say, okay, now that you have tasted the, the I would say, joy of learning so much, have you already had your, your senses out to, okay, and I want to also expand in this area? Or are you more on the, okay, how are you thinking right now? I want to avoid giving you any answers right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I think there are two parts to it. 
on the one hand, I know I really have to still learn, of course, a lot of things uh, on all these areas, especially regarding the industry of the customer, for example. And so, so it's really a lot to do there. And I really want to, to do it and I have to do it to be really good and, um, and um, productive in this area. And on the other hand, uh, there are still all those things that I even I'm not doing that I there are all those things that I am even not doing now, of course. So for example, it's still Java and it's still um, object oriented, of course, with all the patterns, the good and uh, not so good ones. And mm -hmm. I'm really still looking out for something really functional, for example. So that's a thing that I'm still wanting to see some someday in a project. But it's it's not a it's not a contradiction to to stay here and work on this project and with this team and to have some other um, other project maybe that would be have uh, would have a more functional approach. So there are still things that I I want to do some somehow, but I'm, I know now it is the time to still deepen my knowledge and my mm -hmm. uh, my all the things that I know and I'm able to do on this current stack and the current um, environment I'm in. Mm -hmm. You learned a lot and there's still more to learn and you have still and even more so you have your sights out to even more things beyond the current state. That's great. And uh, did your new colleagues, did you also get into a situation where you had something to share for them? So were they then benefited from your presence and your experience? <laughs> well, I, I, I hope so. That's I think. <laughs> things like this already happened. Uh, yeah, as I mentioned before, I think uh, things like code quality, so everything we are talking about in coding dojos and stuff and clean code is is still something that I'm really, I'm really working on and um, also talking about it and having my, my focus on it in code reviews and so so I think that's one thing that I'm I'm surely already able able to to give back, and maybe sometimes I think it's also good to be the one that has the so to say silly questions because those questions often are not that silly at all, and being asked questions. Um, is often a, a good way and a good trigger to really deeply think about the things you are asked and maybe uncover things that are not so well understood as you might yeah. have thought. You describe it in way better terms than I think I was going for earlier when I said uh, looking when, when you have nothing to default on that you have to look at things more critically. Yeah, what you said uh, implied to me to to have a good overview and that you are able to really point the finger very precisely and focus to the points that are not so good. And what mm. I said now is more or less the, from the from the point of uh, 
amounts of ignorance to to just ask the questions that maybe are easy but maybe are not so easy at all and people have to think about and really um, talk about the things that are really important on explaining it mm -hmm. so we were talking a lot of that all technical stuff yet you also said that a few things stayed the same or are at least uh, similar like the, the interaction with people and or clients was there something that helped you stay afloat or at least where you could default to and say okay okay i know how this how this works and uh, don't worry I, i know my way around this problem uh well the the customer collaboration part is pretty different as well in my old role i was basically sitting next to the customer or i knew exactly where they were sitting and I could talk to them at any level and at any time. So it was was pretty easy now, um, even because, sometimes because of working from home and stuff. Uh, I didn't even see our customer. So I just had phone calls and exchanged emails and Jira tickets and stuff. But I, I never saw them face to face and that's that has an impact, of course. Uh, and but it really helped me that I knew to to talk to people that I I learned in my past experience to to talk to people of different in different roles more technical not so technical people to um, somehow adapt the language to use to ask the interesting questions to maybe also yeah make some tiny joke from time to time to not talk about the technical stuff and of course it's not so easy if you don't know the people and you know mm. don't know how they are joking or not joking at all <laughs> so it has one has to be a little bit sensible but yeah it it, it, it can happen uh, and the formal collaboration was not so much a thing in my old jobs so because everybody was sitting next door basically uh, there were not so formal uh, documents for example that had uh, that were exchanged and now in the current uh, situation we have really well written documented documents that are passed over and that we use for estimation and for implementing for implementation and so this is uh, a different way of working and i had to learn how to how to work with those kind of documents how to get back to the people originating the documents and ask the interesting questions about the things that are not standing in a document or maybe are not clear to me at least and so yeah it's somehow new somehow somehow well known as well so from all the things what would you say is like the most drastic change because like from from kind of client industry of client relationship with client language device os so what's what do you think is the most drastic or what's affecting you the most it's probably the Java enterprise stack. So not the language, you didn't say Java, no. but is it like all the, the libraries around the enterprise stack? Yeah, so I, I yeah, I, I want to 
don't want to brag, but I think the, the language is, doesn't matter at, at all, basically. So it's just tiny differences and yeah, C-sharp is way better than Java 8. Okay, that's not new, but it's, it's not really a, a problem. But all the, the libraries, the ecosystem of the platform, all this heavy usage of dependency injection for everything and using all the magic the dependency injection container is capable of, it's really hard to follow the code from time to time. But yeah, I got used to that as well. Maybe it's an anti-pattern. You know that the, the, when you're the newcomer, it's your duty to flag stuff that is weird. And it is weird. And if it's too magic, it's not good. So there are yeah. a lot of people also in criticizing that too, too much magic. Yeah, yeah, that's a little bit of thing we talked about earlier. So it's about what, in, in what state do you think you are in? So, because if, if I'm coming to a new project, so for, for me, for a project, and this project is six years old, and a lot of people have worked on it, and obviously pretty clever people have worked on it, and it's a huge thing, and it's really beneficial for the customer and making money, uh, then I cannot come here and say, I don't understand it, and that's the reason why it's bad. So, no, I don't understand it, dot. And now I have to figure out why it's cool as it is. And maybe after a month I can say, huh, it's maybe not that cool in all circumstances. <laughs> but that's not the point of view that I could take in the first week. <laughs> Paul, did, how did you cope with the difference between expectations of you being a senior developer compared to having no idea of the technology that is being placed in front of you? Yeah. It's, Sometimes it's a, it's a source of uh, additional stress. But uh, as you said earlier, there are things and patterns that you recognize nevertheless and that you have seen and where you have a feeling about it and where you at least discuss things and ask the questions. For example, if you are working on a code review in a merge request, you, you see things and you come back to the colleague and talk about it. Why? What did you think about writing it like this? And maybe it's a good reason for it. But maybe, yeah, there's something that you can bring to the table because of the experience that you had from uh, from prior jobs. So I think there is still, even from the from the go get, there are things that you can bring to the table. But of course. You have to be very sensible about the, the ignorance that you have about many of the things. Mm -hmm. For me, it's insane. So as I said in there, like before we started, it's it's an uh, an act of boldness to, to go. It's like going out in the new galaxy and having no idea what's going on. And the only law that stays the same is the law of physics, if if at all, right? So it's uh, um, <laughs> yeah. That's totally unthinkable. Yeah, Paul, Paul, are you considering doing it again? I mean, I understand not necessarily now within the next months or, or something like that. Though, is is the joy and the, the readiness to it okay to do it again in a few years? 
or let's say this way, are you, would it be open again? Is it is it worth doing perhaps or going through this again at one point? I would not. I would not totally decline it. Yes. Mm. So you will become addicted to it. No, I'm. <laughs> I think there's not not enough time to get addicted to it. <laughs> no, because I'm pretty sure it needs years uh, for me to to be really what what I feel comfortable and maybe good or productive uh, in in this new role, a new job, a new environment. And so I think I really have to stay there. I have to stay there for the for the sake of the of the people paying me because of course it's an investment up front and for the sake of my own uh, of my own self-esteem i i have to get good at it so that i can um, maybe take other challenges but that's, so year, you, that's years from now so what is your goal to get experienced in this new and all of these new things yeah of course yeah. Mm. So I so really the the two very um, very obvious things for me were all the people say Windows is shit and Mac is cool and Linux is cool and I want to be there and I want to feel it. <laughs> so that's that's one thing that I wanted to really try. Not I I, I had already had a two thousand nine MacBook somehow uh, in the uh, in my in my home and and played around with it and I didn't think it was pretty cool but it was old and it did just play around so I knew if I want to judge about these things I have to use it from day to day and so that was one thing and and uh, all the things that I saw from Java up front for example were not so so sexy to me so I thought okay the language yeah misses a lot of things that I love in C sharp even the especially the older versions the newer ones, okay, are coming, coming, uh, becoming pretty nice, okay. But I want to see what's the really cool stuff about all this chalas and and libraries and servers and stuff. And yes, I knew the experience it from first hand, and I have to do it from day um, for every day, and then I can say something about it and then can you compare it to the things that I did before. Are you spending time learning the stuff exclusively during office hours or are you investing also private time? Yeah, that's an interesting part. Um, when I think back in in my previous job, I maybe was so um, so comfortable in a, in a good way, not so by no means bored, but I was comfortable that I I felt I could do anything that I have to do in office hours and I don't have to learn too much about this very sharp point uh, like C sharp and Microsoft platform too much uh, to be productive uh, in for my projects. And so I used all the spare time that I used for for programming and learning new skills for things outside of it. So, for example, I didn't do too much uh, web programming and JavaScript, and I, I played around with TypeScript and stuff and and tried to get my feet uh, wet there. Uh, but now, as I have the feeling, I also during the day I have to grab uh, grasp so many new things. I'm pretty 
I have to admit, pretty exhausted from time to time so that I don't have so much energy after office hours to to sit down and, and really learn the things again in the way that it would probably be beneficial. But at the moment, or especially in the first month, I really didn't have that energy, I have to admit. And mm. now, after being uh, in the new role in for, I think, six or seven months now, I really feel that energy coming back. So now going back and make something like file new Java project, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So it took you like six months to overcome the initial overload? Do we say it like that? Because it's clearly an overload by too much changing in your in, in the whole system. Like and that overloaded you because it's too too much to it's it's not it, it's hard to to really say sharp like this because some things got better after the first weeks of course and some things are still hard to me but i think yeah i'm, I'm expecting uh another half year into into this role we should be good to have a more or less more or less um working knowledge and and skill to go through it do you catch yourself looking back from time to time yeah but not in a bad mood or not so mm. not not because i think i would rather be there absolutely not so it i, I love yeah, the time that i i had it at my old job and i I'm still having very good feelings about the, the colleagues and the projects and stuff, but that was a past. It's a past thing. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty amazing. Did you? Did you? I guess you should write a series of blog posts, Paul. But no, that that is too much for you. So you don't, because the different things what you can master or at least understand after each time. That that's like story on its own like so how long does it take for you to to master the mac shortcuts how long does it take to master mac os how long does it take to master java when coming from somewhere else so that's all probably different times and you said that some things are easy some things are still take some time and that would be interesting on its own do you have any tricks here like any any learning tricks or like what would you focus on What's your meta-learning from all this learning? You know what I mean? I guess one of the most important and absolutely not new learnings to me, but it was obviously obvious uh, again, is to draw more. To draw more boxes, connect them with lines, uh, attaching arrows to it, and the discussion goes on because it's not more you need two boxes and one arrow between them and someone is stepping up and saying no the arrow is the wrong direction and then you're into good stuff and good discussion and and that's really a thing so especially <laughs> if you are if you are dealing with a pretty large complicated or at least yeah sometimes also complicated but at least pretty large code base and you follow all this uh, you follow the path of some data from the 
from the browser to the user interface part and then back to some backend services and stuff. Um, you're really passing a lot, passes a lot of things and some transformations in between. And it's, so our IDEs are really good at helping us finding our way through all these uh, different steps. But it's pretty difficult, I think, to get uh, to get the, the feeling and the handle, where are you from a des design or architecture perspective at the moment? Because it's really easy to go from user interface back to database, and you know you have a pretty well-structured application, but every user interface class looks exactly the same and is in the same place in front of you as the backend classes. And it's really not easy for me, and, and Maybe I should have drawn there more uh, to see where am I now. So am I next to the user interface, or am I really back um, back in some business logic? Am I back in some technical connection to external systems? And so, what are the patterns that are used there? How are they pretty? How are they typically inter? Um, uh, interconnected the different parts. What are the things that are usually done? What are the things that are maybe wrong uh, with respect to this pattern that should have been used? And so that's that's really pretty difficult, I think. And interestingly, if you are in a code base that you don't know yet, the IDE, I have the feeling sometimes is really in your way because it's so easy to jump around and to go through all the all this um, all the layering and stuff and it doesn't help you in understanding what did you see and what did you pass on this way so also wikipedia syndrome yeah, you mean exactly. like in wikipedia you you go to one article yeah. you click on next one next one and 2 hours yeah. later you have no idea how you got there exactly exactly mm. So also in, in our old projects, we sometimes talked about what could be a, a really helpful maybe plugin or view in, in our modern IDEs to help you exactly with that problem. So where are where am I in what part of the system? Am I supposed to be there at the moment? I think there is really a lot of, of things to do. Yeah, another business uh, opportunity, a plugin to to map out the code base. Well, <laughs> these, thing, these things exist and they are too mm -hmm. too good. Like search is too good. So I know people for the structure because they find everything with the search. And then when you're not using the search, you're just lost. It's kind of what you described for, right? So um, if you don't know where to, what to search for, you don't find it because it's not structured in a way that it's self-explaining. Mm. And it, that's pretty interesting. So I have, um, like to sum to sum this up, it seems a lot of stuff changed, and all this stuff is like pretty detailed. And the things that are not changing are the things you are like then relying more on. So like architecture is 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 could be any application, could be a Rails application, whatever. So it's, it's still the same boxes and layers and components. So it's more high level. So I can see that you would be productive on first day with an architecture discussion. So and that 
also gives me the feeling that it, would you would you say that generally the case so then you're relying more on abstract things because the details are not that known to you mm, yeah maybe maybe but also on the architecture level uh, there might be things that look hmm, let's say interesting and have their their absolute uh, good reason to be like this but okay it could be a starter for a good discussion yes mm -hmm. so that that was a good like good overview of of different things of your uh, crazy turn can i call it crazy turn do you consider it a tr crazy turn or is it just some uh arbitrary oh we called it significant turn in your career right so it, maybe it's not crazy but it's uh, definitely significant yeah that's definitely okay paul thank you for that thank you for the invitation there won't be much uh, happening in like in events and stuff what i can say is that we had a pretty pretty fun um global dev code retreat online by the by by using a quite fun tool that allowed us to see each other easily so if if you didn't take part uh listeners we were using gather.town as the tool to meet up which allowed someone to run around in a two-dimensional map and vicinity governed who could talk to each other see and talk to each other that was um, kind of an older game like where you saw small people running around and this helped for me at least it helped quite a lot to get a sense of who is there and isn't yeah you know what happened there i was i was taking a break during one of the mob sessions and i was actually going to this uh to this launch area in the lower left and i was just staying there and uh checking my emails and then someone came up to me from the participants and talk to me like in a tool. <laughs> yeah. that, that, that was crazy like so what are you doing here and and the guy said i haven't talked to you today so it's really like in the real thing so uh, that was fun yeah that's cool and you will you will use that for all the upcoming coding dojos uh, yeah that's my plan because i i really like the concept and uh, i want to to give it more tests and get more experience with it to simply well have a, another skill there, how to organize these things, how to handle them better, yeah. and so forth. Yeah, as as participant, after after like knowing it, probably you can also use it better. If mm. all participants know it, how to make use of it, it's very interesting. Um, well, oh. Paul, do, do you have uh, did you have any special meetup or conference online, offline, whatever? Uh, well, I was actually taking part at the last um, DDD meetup Vienna, and as always, it's just a thing that is really worth attending it every time because the speakers are great, the organization is great. So I'm really looking forward to the next um, episode of the DDD meetup. I think they are still running like regularly, right? So like yeah. monthly or, or bi-monthly sessions. And it's always the combination, or sometimes the combination with the, the MRDS meetup. So it's the microservice reactive and distributed systems meetup. And so they are also interesting cross topics. Sounds like a good uh, combination of current buzzwords. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, reactive microservice Bitcoin. Uh, what? Uh, yeah, something like that's missing. And so, uh, anyway, so is there any any last words, Paul? Yeah, just can recommend: be brave, take the step, and you will succeed. Great last words, and I can feel it because. Uh, as I said in the beginning, I say it again. It's like to boldly go where no one went before. I've never heard of such a serious turn after such a long time. Having a number of the like the like the table has a number in the company, and then probably you had a number in the company and at the client. So that's uh, that's awesome. Basically, that's uh, really inspiring. I guess that's it. And uh, thank you for joining us. Or another cup of delicious developer melange.